0: Hello and welcome to the Shay Hates Everything podcast where we talk about video games, movies, comics, and other shit that matters. My name is Shay and today I hate technology. And my name is Kyle and today I hate traveling. So, yes, this is the Shay Hits Everything podcast. It is a spinoff of my website, ShayHitsEverything.com, which you should totally visit and see like all my cool reviews and stuff. Um, but uh, we actually had a fun bit that we planned to see how many times I could name drop my website <laughs> in this <laughs> premiere pilot episode. So and that's And see one. how we can keep it going. Yes, so that's one. I'll bring it up every single time that I can. No, I won't actually do that. That's ridiculous. But before we like dive into the actual podcast, I just have to say, so we have this like today. I hate thing kind of a fun spin for the podcast. And Kyle, your hate is traveling. You just got back from visiting me in Georgia where, you know, you drove eight hours from Ohio to Georgia to see your brother who you see two to three times a year. And your hate is traveling. Are you trying to say that you regret coming to see your one and only brother?
1: Uh. can't can't put me on the spot like that man that's not fair <laughs> um uh, all right short answer or long answer they're both oh yes oh boy that's not
0: <laughs> that's that sucks man no, just the like, whole the, like, the,
1: the like, process of traveling uh, is a miserable process especially no, I hear for you. me cuz i'm a total homebody but Yeah, Yeah.
0: but see my thing is like I'm also a homebody Like if if I got to choose something to do It would be sit at home and watch Netflix with my wife Like that's our favorite thing to do But when it comes to like legit traveling Going out of town, experiencing new things That I do really like Like I don't want to go to a bar on a Friday night I don't want to like go downtown Atlanta And go see some stupid shitty play Like that I don't want to do But actual out of state traveling Even out of country traveling I love Like why do you not like that?
1: I just I like being surrounded by my bullcrap possessions that I own. Like mm-hmm. I just I, I like having access to all my stuff. I I really need to sleep in my own bed. I can't sleep with crap if I'm anywhere else. Okay, and I am Like it's like um for for me it, it's almost as if it's an animal instinct of uh you know tension and discomfort. There's always that like a baseline level inside me that's it's kind of like like a fight or flight almost where I feel anxious <laughs> all the time because i'm I'm okay. not in my established safe zone you know yeah uh, and, and, and so that kind of undercuts my entire experience like you know you you and I like family vacations and stuff we've gone out of the country before but um like it, it's I don't know i, I I've never felt comfortable anywhere except like at my computer and in my bed
0: yeah like i can i can definitely understand that mentality like i get why you would feel that way i just think it's stupid and you're stupid for feeling that way That's really just the crux of kind of what I'm getting at. So this is the Shay Hates Everything podcast. (laughs) So really, like we said in the intro, kind of what we're going to be doing on here is talking about video games and movies, television shows, books, comics, kind of all the pop culture things that um, Kyle and I have grown up talking about. And in case you didn't already get a sense of it. Um, we are brothers. We have been our entire lives or at least his entire life. We've been much brothers. to our dismay, <laughs> but, uh, it's fun for us to be talking about these things because when we grew up talking about them and we're very passionate, opinionated people. But two, we kind of go back and forth. We agree on a lot of things, and we also vehemently disagree on a lot of things. And I think that that sparks a really uh, a lot of good conversations. And so this is just a really good medium. One, just as an excuse for us to like hang out and talk about shit. But two, kind of share and spread our important opinions on important things. Some might say the, over the most airwaves.
1: important opinions of 100%. all. One hundred percent.
0: Totally agree. <laughs> I don't. I can't think of a single opinion that is better than mine. <laughs> or a single opinion that is second better than yours. <laughs> so Thanks. it's like, this is like the one-stop shop for opinions on cool shit. Yep. Um, but before we dive into kind of the the idea behind this premiere pilot episode is to introduce ourselves a little bit to people that don't know us. Give you a little bit of insight into the things we like and don't like. So you kind of have a better uh Framework for our opinions, and that way, you know, when we go through all of our favorite things in future episodes, once we're shitting on your favorite things, you have plenty of ammo to come right back at us. <laughs> so, that was kind of the idea behind this. But before we dive in, I wanted to lay out kind of what all of you can expect on a week to week basis. Um, we're going to aim for a uh, bi weekly upload schedule. Which is like every other week. That's bi weekly, right? Question mark? Uh, I believe that's what that means. Not twice a week. It's not twice a week, it's every other week. Semi weekly. Sure. Yes. Absolutely. That makes sense. Sometimes, yes. So uh, every other week is when we'll aim to be uploading, so you can expect that. And as far as the format goes, we'll always do um, just some little chit-chat and talk to start the episode. Um, We'll talk through games we're playing, TV shows we're watching, books we're reading, that kind of thing. Um, Any uh, big news updates or big things for us to talk about that are happening in the industry. Primarily the video game industry, but occasionally you know TVs and movies and stuff. We're not going to talk about, like... Oh, fucking Shia LaBeouf is going to be playing this random character in the next Spider-Man movie because who gives a shit? But if there's like <laughs> If there's like stuff that matters that we have strong opinions on, we'll certainly talk about those. And then we'll always have a fun segment to go through. And for the example, this week's segment is going to be talking about our favorite things. Uh, and then we'll wrap up the show with a segment that uh, is probably my favorite segment called Shay's hate of the week. And we'll get more into that once we get there. Um, kind of to wrap everything up, we obviously don't have any for this episode because it's the beginning, but I uh, will also uh, take emails. Any comments you guys have, you can send to info at Shay hates uh, Does that technically count as a Shay Hates everything like uh, plug? Cause we, we, we want to talk about Shay Hates everything plugs for my website. shayhateseverything.com hates com, the place to go for video game movie news. All right, Mm -hmm. now we're at three. (laughs) So, okay, so that's kind of a breakdown of uh, what we're going to be doing on the podcast. A little bit behind um, why I decided to call this Shay Hates Everything. It originally started, um, obviously, I'm a very opinionated person, and occasionally that can come across as a little bit aggressive, (laughs) and people tend to get defensive about their opinions when they're talking to me about mine. Um, I... I'm not afraid to share how I feel and think about things. Kyle is 100% the same way. I think occasionally maybe he's more tactful. Like maybe <laughs> like he can be a little nicer about sharing his opinions than I can be. But it's something like I'm 1%. working on as someone who's almost 30. What? <laughs> like 1% nicer. Yeah, 1% nicer. No. But that's kind of what makes uh, our conversations work is... I give a little bit more of the, what I like to think, realist. Not cynic, but realist attitude. And Kyle's a little more of the optimistic side. The gentler, more positive side. And that makes us mesh well together. But all throughout high school and college, I uh, was very strong in my opinions on things. And I'm on things that don't matter. Like, you know, Michael Bay's first Transformers movie and how it is absolute fucking garbage. And the way that that series has taken over modern culture makes me so fucking angry. There's such stupid... Action movies with no substance. Okay, so, so that's that's an example of... <laughs> it's a hot take. How I, <laughs> yes, hot takes on Michael Bay's Transformers. So that kind of led to all of my friends saying that Shay hates everything. Which, you know, was a fun little dig at me. But also makes sense because I'm very opinionated, very loud about my opinions. And so when I was coming up with a website, an avenue to share these opinions and kind of put my creativity out there a little bit more... Shay Hates Everything just kind of felt like the right name, because really at the core of it, I wanted to spite them. So <laughs> that's how Shay Hates Everything was born. It was born of <laughs> pure, condensed, negative emotion. 100%. Hey, man. <laughs> it's all about the brand and owning that brand. Yeah. I work in marketing. Like that's, that's the whole thing, and I'm owning that brand. Watch your blood pressure. If you have an opinion that is different than mine, it's wrong, but that's just fine. We'll talk about it, and that'll make you feel bad. (laughs) And defensive. (laughs) So, yes. So, uh, that's a little bit about Shades Everything Podcast. I want to dive into some of our favorite things, so we can start the episode off a little bit more positive. uh, And, like I said, offer up our... Uh, listeners some ammo once we start making fun of your favorite things so that you can make fun of our favorite things. It seems only fair. So we're going to talk about our favorite video games, favorite movies, TV shows, books, comics, um, all that kind of stuff, all the things that we're going to talk about on this podcast. So Kyle, before we dive into that, tell us a little bit about you.
1: Um, well, as you outed earlier, I do live in Ohio, so there's a, a, a decent chance I will wind up uh, overdosing on heroin. Um, I have right. a girlfriend. Uh, we're... Topical. Yes, topical. yes, super topical. Again, hot take. <laughs> um, I have a girlfriend. We are currently in the process of attempting to buy a house, and it's been a complete and utter long-form nightmare um, every mm-hmm. day. I work in theater education. That's where I got my schooling. I went to school for theater studies. Uh, I am now the, um, the director of a high school's theater program along with a co-director. Um, I am also the site manager for that theater, and during the school year, I work as a special needs aide with um, your non-typical students. Um, also, self-touted, retired YouTube sensation. As I'm, I so what was is a that, pretty big deal. What does that even mean? Like, what is... Okay, like,
0: <laughs> every single one of those words put together, like, that is not a cohesive thought. Retired... <laughs> youtube sensation Mm -hmm. like those words like that's not a thing what what is a retired youtube sensation um
1: you know for a long time i was i was hard hitting people's computer monitors uh and uh stereo setups you know um no i i wasn't i didn't have a very big channel i did it for (laughs) like two and a half years i had like seven hundred and sixty something subscribers at my peak um, and I yeah. have not uploaded in a very long time. So I- you actually, but you inspired me to, cause like, cause you
0: started uploading and it was primarily like Minecraft videos that you were doing and some like other, uh, random video game videos. And I had always wanted to do that as well. And you kind of inspired me to start my own. I certainly never was as big as yours. Um, But we did some, like, Minecraft videos together and some co-op games together. So just like this podcast, it was a fun way for us to, like, have an excuse to play games and talk to one another. Yeah. But I know, like, when it comes to your sensation aspect, (laughs) you had one video series that actually was pretty
1: successful. Yeah. So I actually, um, because we had, uh, you know, it came up a conversation with us, like, yesterday. Um, And so last night. Um, I decided to stare myself in the mirror for a bit and watch a bunch of my old videos, and I kind of looked them oh, up. No. And That's a dark, dark hole to fall down dude, into. Dude, it really is. But it made me realize, you know, I had a couple of, like, good series, and I had a couple of good months in there where yeah. I was actually entertaining and not annoying, but the rest <laughs> of it, complete bullshit. Um, sure. But, yeah, the one series, like, a Minecraft adventure map, and that was kind of... I got in early on that uh, trend, and no one had put up any videos of that map yet and it became a popular map so a bunch of people searched mm-hmm. it to see like what it was uh, and see what it was like if, the, if it was worth their time playing cuz there're also a bunch of crappy adventure maps out there at the time um, and so i mean that video has like 55 56,000 views and then the second one has like 15 and then it goes down third fourth and fifth I think Exponentially, the, as people got to know more about you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and so I mean, that was the. I have like 180 thousand lifetime views across over 700 videos. Um, yeah, that's like way
0: more than me. I probably have like 20 thousand total yeah. views across my like 200 300 videos. But
1: I, I produced over 700 videos. Yeah, man, that's, that's a lot. I because I, I was doing it. Um, for a little while there, I was doing more than one video a day. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. that was a hell of a time. Um, but, it, like, it was – I felt, at least for me,
0: and I, I don't want to, like, speak for you, but you were, you've always been much better at the technological aspect, thus my head of the day being technology. Just blanket statement. I fucking hate technology because <laughs> I don't get it. But I know for me it was a really good experience to learn a little bit more about video editing and – more so just as a creative outlet to, yeah. like, I got to play video games and talk to people and not that I ever had a big audience whatsoever, but, like, I had some people that I met through that that I played games with and it was just, it, I, it was a very fun experience in my life. And that was back when I was working two part-time shitty retail jobs that I hated, that I was getting nothing out of and trying to make my acting dream, ha- dream happen. So it was just, like, a nice thing to come home and do that. And have a little bit of fun and, and, you know, learn some technical skills at the same time.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I, and they're super useful skills, like kind of no matter what yeah, you're sure. doing in life. They're, yeah. like you said, very useful, creative outlet skills um, that uh, I, I think are, are useful in a, in a variety of situations. And so you know. Yeah. That, I don't ever I don't consider that time wasted. Um, I also Definitely. made enough money from YouTube to reimburse myself for the microphone i'm currently talking on so that's a win hey man yeah absolutely
0: book. you you broke even <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> but Minus not if i the had actually spent that, that time spent. at a real yeah job. like if,
0: if you break down what how much money we made per hour it's sad is less than a penny news. yeah it's not it's not great yeah um but yeah so a little bit about you, a little bit about me. Like I said, I live in Georgia, originally from Ohio. I've lived here five or six years now. Um, went to school for acting at a school in Ohio, and that's where I met my now wife. And originally, I was going to do the whole thing, move to L.A. after college, blah, blah, blah. I stayed home for a year to save up some money, and I was still dating this girl. She was going to move back home to Georgia because that's where she was from. And I had a friend, too, who was like, hey, the acting scene in Georgia is actually kind of growing. So I moved here to chase my acting dream and chase a girl. And uh, I'm not really doing anything with acting, so that didn't work. But I did marry the girl, so I feel like that's like a net win on my end. (laughs) Like the important thing worked out. Uh, But, yeah, I, I work in marketing. It's really just a good way to maintain a little bit of that creativity that I kind of seek in a job and in life. Um, And since I'm not doing the acting stuff, I I try to find a lot of other ways to express that creativity and really make things that are my own, which is kind of why SheaHitsEverything.com started, there's two, and why I'm doing this podcast (laughs) in the first place. Um, But yeah, other than that, you know, I have a dog named Beamer, he's amazing, he's like a boxer mix, kind of mutt we don't really know. But uh, he's the best dog ever, and one of my favorite pastimes is singing popular songs but replacing the words with Beamer's name. Um, it's, <laughs> I do that, it's too. It's so, so good. So good. so fun. the best. Yeah. Uh, and uh, kind of beyond that, Kyle and I, we both
1: uh, grew up playing drums. Do you still play ever? Um, no. So the drums have been up in the attic for several years now. Yeah. Um, and So when we – well, I say when, but if we manage to get the house – Uh, in the guest room, I'll have a space to be able to set it up and start playing again. Nice. Are
0: you like, is the house, are you located really close to neighbors where they will hate you if you're playing
1: on your drum set? Yeah. But you know, the neighbor, the neighbor on the, yeah, but you know, the neighbor on the one side, he's only a giant black guy. So it's whatever, man. It's not like he'll come (laughs) and beat the shit out of me if I'm annoying. (laughs) Well, I live in
0: an apartment. This is actually a conversation we've had as well. So, because Kyle is my little brother, four and a half years, almost five years younger, there's always that thing of, like, little brother not wanting to be, like, the big brother. And that was a big struggle, I know, for both of us growing up. Because we shared a lot of the same interests. We yeah. both love video games. We both like acting, playing drums, all that kind of stuff. And once we got into our adult years, it's been fun because, like, Kyle is buying a house. I don't own a house. So, like, he's, he's accomplished that killer adult kind of uh, experience in life before I have. And you had like a real deal big boy job before I did too. When you got hired at the school to start working with, you know, the special uh, special needs kids and you started doing the assistant directing at the school. When you were doing that, I was working at a fucking Barnes and Noble and then like doing freelance writing things. So now I have a real deal marketing job, but you bought a house first and you got a real deal job first. Yeah, I, so, I mean fucking that's, like, win. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I beat you. I, I, I got, Finally. I got married first, but you like that's it's two to one. It's now it's going to be because the the tricky thing is who will have kids first. And Whoa. you have been adamant that you you and Kara don't want kids. Right, I don't want kids immediately, but my wife certainly does. So I'm assuming we will pass that threshold <laughs> first. So then we'll be neck and oh. neck. So really, it's like what what other adult experience is there? Buying a house, getting a job, getting married, having kids. Like, what's the next one?
1: I'm going to beat you to death. Is that—is that like the next <laughs> adult experience?
0: I'm going to die first, all right? I'm going to win. <laughs> well, I would say uh, that that's a whole other topic for <laughs> another show. Which one of us will die first and why? Oh, it's got to be me. I'm Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so there you go. That's a little bit about us, or really it's like a lot bit about us, 15 minutes <laughs> worth about us. But uh to kind of go into the topic of the things that matter for this podcast, not like our stupid lives who gives a shit, but our opinions on things like video games. Um I kind of wanted to talk through what our favorite games are what our favorite movies are so kyle tell me like some of your favorite video games and i know we share some of these and others we really disagree on yeah yeah, yeah.
1: all right so hold on to your butt bing bang boom resident evil 4 best game ever made stamp it seal it mail it to the president he knows resident evil 4 which president? Like, do you think Trump plays Resident them. Evil? Or are you All talking the about ones Obama? That are Like, still I know around. Obama was kind of a gamer. Every every president every pres every president thinks Resident Evil 4 is the best game ever made. Find them. They, they got their Wilson. address on fire. Dig him up from the grave, <laughs> put the letter George in George Washington.
0: It's in the Bill of Rights. No, George <laughs> Washington Evil was 4. buried with that GameCube chainsaw <laughs> controller that they made for it, you know?
1: He's yeah, that's yep. Uh, so okay.
0: <laughs> I, I have a controversial opinion on Resident Evil 4, but I know you disagree with. Yeah, Resident Evil 4 is a great game, but I feel like people like Resident Evil 4 more than it deserves, because I think Resident Evil 4 is the only good Resident Evil game. I think you're full of shit. So, like, I, I, I appreciate the first two games for what they did for, like, horror, the horror game genre. Definitely 10-pole releases when they came out. But they control, like, complete garbage. And... Obviously, the graphics don't hold up anymore. Like, Resident Evil 4 is good. Like, it has a fun story. It has a fun twist on the zombie aspect. But still, man, like, the combat's terrible, and there's so many, like, uh, scenes where you're, you're, like, saving the president's daughter and the escort mission bullshit. Like, come on, man. Did you just say the combat's terrible? Yes, no. the tank controls.
1: Like you can't, you can't aim and move at the same time. What the fuck is that? But the whole game is designed around that concept, and the game was designed for the GameCube, so they knew you, you're because who the fuck's going to use that stupid C stick nubby nipple crap? So yeah. they had one analog stick to work with, so they designed the game around that and made it perfect. I mean, that game is. As close to perfect as any video game has ever come, in my fact opinion. Um, Designing something well around a flawed
0: system does not take away the flawed system. That's all I'm trying to say. Like, yes, they did a good job with that tank control mechanic, but the tank control mechanic is still terrible. It doesn't make it not terrible. It makes it playable.
1: But what I'm saying is you don't notice it. Well, apparently you do oh, because do. you're a hypercritic. Fucking right, I do. But uh, <laughs> it's like, especially the Wii mode They're the Wii version.
0: Like trying to aim with a little Wii mote. Are you fucking kidding? That's me? That's a
1: great version of that game. Oh my god, it it made it easier even because in Ugh. even with the uh, imprecise motion controls of the Wii, it still handled well. Um, they just they knew what they were doing when they made that game. I've played it on every platform it's come out on including the Wii, obviously, except for, I think there was an Xbox 360 version of it that came out uh, digitally. I didn't play that one, but I've played it on GameCube, PS2, um, PS3, PS4, and PC, and Wii. I've played it on all of those consoles. Um, and you've wasted your time on every single one. Dude. No, I'm joking. Resident
0: Evil, 4. Resident Evil 4 is a good game, yes. but that's the whole thing. Like, I'm not, I'm going to pick on the things you like. Such a <laughs> so, so tell me So tell me one of your favorite games that I like so that we can agree on something. The Last of Us. Okay, great game. Phenomenal game.
1: Yeah. Uh, Arguably pin- pinnacle the of best storytelling game on PS3. and character yes. crafting. Yes. Phenomenal. Excellent
0: game. Don't I don't love that they're making a second one. It was such a standalone experience for me. Like I'm sure it will be great, don't get me wrong. And what they've shown so far, I'm intrigued. Yeah. But that story is so standalone and so satisfying. And even the left behind DLC that they did, which I almost liked better than the actual game when it comes to the story. Like it just fleshed out the world and the characters so well. And the way that The Last of Us ends, just on that, you know, uh like middle of the road note where you don't really know either way if she believes them or not you don't know what's going to happen to these characters it was like super open-ended but also very satisfying such a great just a good really good package all around
1: yeah i just like i i mean i've so i hate myself so i played through it on grounded uh, and i have beaten yeah. it on grounded and that's the one that's the mode where uh you don't have the sense and there's right. less ammo, the and bullets listening. do more damage. But bullets do more mm-hmm. damage to enemies as well as you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's at least useful. And it feels a little more realistic too. Um, but yeah, I, just, like, I just didn't want
0: to play it more than once. Like I just I, I liked the story so much. Like that was my experience. I didn't really feel a want or need to go back to it.
1: Yeah, I can understand that. I just like also because I reread books and rewatch movies and replay games a lot more than you do, just in general. Yeah. I feel, sure. um, which, you know, some of it is you're older than me, so real life hit you sooner. So you've had less time in which to do that. <laughs> so uh, and I also wouldn't say I'll take that. that I'm not sure that's the actual reason, but I'll <laughs> take that. Yes, it's because I'm more responsible. That's why. <laughs> well, I, I think you are in that I spent most of my time in college, not at college, uh, and instead <laughs> replaying and rereading and rewatching things um right but yeah last of us phenomenal game kingdom hearts i know we agree on the first one yep also one of my favorites um yes. really nervous that, about that, series, that third one
0: yes it has gone completely off the rails i liked the second game i certainly didn't like it as much as the first but all of those other little side games are just complete nonsense even like when they've changed some of the combat mechanics to make like the there was like a collectible card game version of it's so one of the Kingdom Hearts games, whatever the fuck the title was. That uh, was a bunch of chain of memories. Them. Oh, man. The I, naming convention of that series I is just, just the worst. I just
1: replayed and beat that um, on my computer through legal means. <laughs> I'll edit that part out. Don't worry. Okay, thanks. <laughs> no, I said legal means. I'm not admitting to anything. Um, mm-hmm. Also, Final Fantasy X, the best yes, Final Fantasy, favorites. some might say, and others would be wrong that's what I like I like that about the Final Fantasy series because
0: yes a lot of the recent games haven't been amazing I know a lot of people hated Final Fantasy 13. I liked it okay Final Fantasy 15 I really didn't like but like going back a little farther I feel like anybody you ask that is a fan of the series has a different favorite or thinks a different one is the best yeah Final Fantasy four six seven nine uh ten like I think and you think a lot of people love 12 which I also love like it's just it really highlights how fantastic that series has been fairly consistently yeah
1: and and how diverse it is and and how much it's able to reach um different audiences of people as they evolve the franchise um i mean just a
0: little tweaks to like the the gameplay mechanics i really like all the different combat uh mechanics i really like all the different variations even something like final fantasy tactics which tactical rpgs aren't super my jam but i i still really liked that game yeah i thought Love Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced, um, and hell, man, even Final Fantasy X two. That game's okay. The story is kind of ridiculous, but like the twist on the job system, like that was it was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, Final Fantasy X yeah. two is all right.
1: You know, I'll take? I would take. say I would say it's all right, uh, in large part because it is Final Fantasy X adjacent. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, totally fair. Other games. Uh Metal Gear Solid. Yes. Love Metal Gear Solid. Uh, um, we've had so many conversations about the Metal Gear Solid <laughs> series. Uh four. Uh. uh so Metal Gear Solid one, quick quick history of my love for Metal Gear Solid and why I'm an insane Here person. Here we go. Um so when I was younger you and I had a friend in our neighborhood and he had a PS1 and he had Metal Gear Solid. And I don't think you and I were allowed to play it, so we'd go over to his house and, like, watch him play it and kind of play it in secret. And I first Mm -hmm. got my hands on it and played some of the um, virtual missions. And I just remember, like, there was that air of it, like, I'm not supposed to be playing this. It's a mature game. There's blood and killing, (laughs) but it's really cool. Like, ah! Um, And then, so, I never played two. And then uh, three came out, and... uh, I played that in one sitting on my PS2, um, Snake Eater. And that just had so many, like, it was so different than what I had remembered of one. I just yeah, became definitely. enamored with this idea of, like, how is this franchise here? Like, what are all of these characters? What do they have to do with each other? You know, this crazy, insane story This like, of Bond-esque villains. And, like, this camouflage system and the enemy AI being, like, balls to the wall. Um and then Metal Gear Solid 4 came out on PS3 and it was like the pinnacle of graphical prowess at the time. It, the game was beautiful and in terms of storytelling, I enjoy big long cutscenes in games. That's why I really like the Xenosaga games as well because it's mostly cutscenes. Right. Um and that game is definitely large part cutscenes. Um, mm-hmm. and just like seeing the way that franchise has transformed from entry to entry. I'm not a huge fan of 5, but um it that always kind of enraptured me, um, and I always thought that was, was was super interesting. And I know there's a whole lot of story bullshit that people are like, "Oh, this yes. is dumb." nanomachines are yes, magic. It is. It is so dumb. But like they go into like an insane amount of detail, and ex- they explain everything satisfactorily. No,
0: no. if if you're a crazy person. Like, the story of that series makes no fucking sense. It is ridiculous. It's because you're a filthy That's I casual, Shay. I, I, okay. <laughs> I shouldn't have to, like, read a bunch of books and, like, do a bunch of research online to understand what the hell's happening in a video game. I, 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 I respect the Metal Gear Solid series from afar, certain aspects of it. Like, in Kojima, the same way like what he has done in pushing the boundaries of storytelling and gameplay mechanics in games, like all the different intricacies of, especially like those early games and even Metal Gear Solid 5, like the different things that you can do that impact other things. Yeah. Like that's super cool and isn't really done a lot in games. But I also feel like two things. One, he doesn't know how to tell a story. Like (sighs) he has crazy ideas and I just feel like, from a gameplay perspective and a storytelling perspective, he throws shit at a wall and he needs someone to edit him. Like he needs someone to censor his ideas and really nail down to the core of what he's trying to say and do. Cause I feel like there's this aura around Kojima that everyone's like, everything you say and want to do is gold. So we're gonna let you do everything you want to say and do. And that is not the right method for making anything creatively. And that makes me worried for Death Stranding because, like, I think it's like I'm interested to see what he's gonna do, like, you know, beyond Metal Gear. But I am not super excited for it because I feel like it's gonna be the same shit. And Sony was so desperate to like get this exclusive with him. I just know that they're gonna let him do whatever the hell he wants. And I just don't think that that's what Kojima needs in making a game.
1: Okay, so I think part part of what I think differentiates you and I. Is that I, um, I have always found a way to appreciate um, a game for its ambitions, and like I like it when the developer and the creators shine through. Um, and I mean, Kojima is nothing but pure ambition, right? <laughs> like he has sure. all of these crazy ideas. And You know, like B class RPGs, like Two Worlds Two and Arcania Gothic. Those types of RPGs, I enjoy playing them. Like, they're really rough, and a lot of the systems are imbalanced and, uh, Mm -hmm. like, sketchy and janky. But I I enjoy those games because of how much of the developer's personality and pride in their work and ambition shines through. And that's, I, I think, I can appreciate a game based on that alone and still enjoy my time with it, even if the game itself is frustrating or confusing. I am able to find those things, pick them out, and then draw enjoyment from the project as a whole. Uh, whereas I, I, I don't want to say this is a bad thing, but I feel like you're a little more result oriented as opposed to it certainly sounds like you're oriented. saying it's a bad thing. <laughs> well, I mean it is, but I'm saying <laughs> that to mitigate any you know emotional damage. <laughs>
0: Um, I I can I can appreciate the ambition, the idea. Like I certainly like to recognize that. But you're right. Like it tends to like, especially when it comes to video games and even movies and stuff. I tend to look at the execution of it. Like how well are you executing those ideas? Because I I feel like not not anybody, but a lot of people can come up with these crazy, wacky, insane ideas. But it's about how you implement them that I think is what is impressive. So I I get that. I, I get the difference mentality there i think that's fair to say yeah like a, as a you know broad strokes kind of a thing um so the only like favorite games that i would add because totally agree about final fantasy 10 totally agree, agree about kingdom hearts um my two favorite mario games because i mean it's pretty hard to argue that mario isn't like one of the best ongoing series in video game history best 2d mario super mario world okay yeah i i would best- totally agree with that Best 3D Mario, Super Mario Galaxy.
1: Ooh. Yeah, that that game was pretty great. As- Super as- Mario Galaxy 2 was
0: also great. I liked the Yoshi stuff, but it didn't really add enough. Like, I did, it didn't hit me as much. And then the only other 3D Mario that I really, really love that's way up there is Super Mario 64, which is an absolute classic but kind of hard to go back to now yeah. just because of the camera issues and some of the, the platforming didn't work as well as it could have and as well as like in something like Super Mario uh, Galaxy. So th- those are my two Mario games. Okay. Um, and beyond that, huge Pokemon fan. I know you are too. Oh, I feel yeah. like pretty, yeah. much, pretty much everybody's a fan of Pokemon and especially the original Johto games, Red, Blue, and Yellow. Um, those like were my jam and I still go back. I... I don't play handheld games that often. I own a DS. I don't even have like a 3DS or anything. But I have uh, Leaf Green that I go back to and play at least once a year. Fucking love those games so much. Um, The only other two big games which I go back and forth on which one is my favorite of all time. Bioshock. Which is just a completely phenomenal game. Totally. Much like The Last of Us. I just feel like the, the sum is greater than its parts. Like I know it has some issues when it comes to... Uh, the shooting mechanics and like the aimed on sights isn't amazing and some of the enemy movement isn't super smooth but from like a storytelling perspective and a world building perspective which are things that i really enjoy in video games like nothing tops rapture and andrew ryan and just the way that you're manipulated throughout that story and that huge reveal at the end was so amazing i had a, a conversation with a friend of mine Long time ago, of like if there was one game that we could go back and erase our memory of so that we could experience it again for the first time,
1: Bioshock hands down. Just so,
0: so, so phenomenal.
1: Yeah. And, and like they, the, the pinnacle of environmental storytelling, right? It, yeah. It turned, for like sure. coming across an area and not, I mean, they, you know, they had the audio logs and stuff, but you come across an area and you know what happened there right based on yeah you know like just bottles strewn on the floor and you know the paint on the walls and blood how bodies are left and, and things like that um just really really amazing and i mean you and i we never had um a decent pc growing up so like we didn't play system right. shock or any of the games that you know i know bioshock is supposed to have drawn from those um and i i know people talk about the environmental storytelling in those games too but, mm-hmm. um, you know, for us, I feel like our touchstone for that is probably Bioshock. And I, I totally agree with you on that. And on the audio logs thing, like, I know that's been a, a big complaint
0: of the Ken Levine games in the past, even with like Bioshock Infinite, which I also really liked. Um, like, I I get why audio logs can kind of suck sometimes. And just it can occasionally feel like a lazy way to tell these little side stories and do world building. but. And we've talked about this before because I'm playing through Horizon Zero Dawn right now, which is a great game. And it has a bunch of audio logs in it. One of the things that like one of my biggest complaints about that game is it gives you a bunch of exposition dumps in these certain areas where there are like five audio logs right next to each other. Uh. And so what you end up having to do is listening to them and then you just stand there and like you put your controller down and listen to these conversations. One of the things that makes Bioshock so successful with its audio logs is that they're spread out and hidden in ways where one, you're not even gonna find all of them unless you're specifically looking, and two, most of them are placed in areas that are more ambient, this like world building exploratory areas where you can pick it up, listen to it and keep moving. Fight enemies while you're listening, loot boxes while you're listening. You're never like stuck standing there listening to the audio log. I remember the same, similar thing, story things would happen like the gears of war games where like, Hey, someone comes on the radio and your character slows down to a crawl as they walk because they've timed out the audio log. Like, that sucks. That's, like, bad design. I just feel like Bioshock does those audio logs as well as you can do those audio logs.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I 110% agree. Uh, And so the final
0: game that I want to talk about, which sometimes is my favorite game, sometimes it's Bioshock, is Skyrim. And I know a lot of people place blame on Skyrim for like the, the modern methodology of Bethesda games because, you know, they look back at the days of like Oblivion and uh, even Morrowind as being better Elder Scrolls and better at Bethesda games. But I'm the kind of person that when it comes to open world RPGs, I always had a really hard time getting into them. Uh, just the open nature of it and how many quests there were. I kind of get dis- decision anxiety and decision paralysis where rather than doing one of these 50 things, I kind of do nothing and I just get lost and then lose momentum. And for whatever reason, Skyrim really hooked me and got me to go through and I've put well over a thousand hours into that game over, you know, five, six different playthroughs on PS3, PS4, ps see with mods and even the modding community like it's not part of the core game obviously but the modding community for Skyrim is awesome like there are so many cool things to do and see in that game and it just bums me out that my PC is not a little better (laughs) because like you know with some mods I can't run it faster than like 15 frames a second which makes it impossible to play but That game, like because it was my first experience with an open world RPG, really sinking its its hooks into me. It just holds a special place. Why do you? And
1: I know you're you're farther along on the Oblivion side. Yes, yeah, definitely. I mean, that Oblivion was my Skyrim, right? Yeah. Um, Why do you think Skyrim was the one that kind of hooked you like that? I really don't know. Like, I I think it was
0: just because, like, I committed to it early on, and I had already recognized, hey, if I don't really go for this, I will lose momentum, and I want to play this game. So I just kind of forced myself to muscle through it a little bit, and then it just completely hooked me and since playing Skyrim like I've gone back and played Fallout 3 which I had never finished before that I've gone back and played Oblivion which I had never finished before that and like it made me appreciate those games more you know some especially like in Oblivion some of the mechanics were definitely improved in Skyrim in my opinion but it still made me like those games more because it kind of got me in the right mindset to yeah keep keep moving and and not not just like wander To actually stick to quest lines and see them through to the end.
1: Yeah, because those games are structured in such a way that you will go pretty much everywhere as long as you are doing the quests, right? They'll take you on a route to discover most places uh, just by nature of the way they're structured, so...
0: The sense of discovery is definitely like the thing I like most in Skyrim. I know certainly the main story is not fantastic and even some of the main guild stories aren't as good as they've been in past games, but just like the discoverability of coming across a random awesome sword or like, you know, a random Daedric artifact quest that you don't realize is for a Daedric artifact until you're halfway through it. Like that discovery in in Skyrim I think is really really good. Yeah. So okay so that kind of sums up a lot of our favorite games. I feel like we have a lot of like different genres and time frames represented there we've been playing games our whole lives yeah that's so, a nice kind moving moving to the next thing walk me through just like a couple of some of your favorite movies favorite TV shows okay um, well
1: all right so uh, I love Tom Cruise not as a person but I love Tom Cruise <laughs> in movies. Uh, he's easy to watch. He, he he's easy totally to watch. He's a good is. action with star. And as, as you've put it before, uh, he he gives hope to the short people that we can be cool action stars <laughs> too. Um, so And the dude can run. Yes. The dude knows how to run. Yeah, so the Mission like, Impossible movies like <laughs> are phenomenal.
0: Well, like every movie, every movie he's in, he runs in it. Like just full out, you know stiff hands, like, pumping, pumping. I feel like it's in his contract that every movie he does, he has to fucking run. Because like, he knows he looks cool when he runs, yeah. and he does. Yeah, like he like he's, he's pumping, man. He's he's moving, he books. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so you're saying the Mission Impossible series, yeah, I also love that. Totally. The, the first one's definitely my favorite.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah, I would probably say the first one as well. It has the most, like, spy element to it. Yeah, 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 Um, yeah, and the The, other ones definitely definitely hit more action. Right? Yes. Yes, definitely.
0: Um, and the the recent ones have been good. Like, honestly, I get the two most recent ones, Rogue Nation and whatever other one there was. I get those mixed up because they're kind of starting to feel a little rote when it comes to the stories. But they're still just like really easy to watch, fun action
1: movies. Right? Yeah. Like, I don't have to. I don't ever find myself paying really close attention when watching those movies. But it's just like. I enjoy watching that dude run around and do some cool stuff. Like even the Jack and Reacher like he does movies. his own stunts too. Like it's yeah. cool. Like it's neat. Um, I like that. And then you know, Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. Like I, my mm-hmm. two biggest, my, my two biggest and most, you know, uh, engrossing genres for me are sci-fi and fantasy. And you know, I, I feel like that's in large part due to those early Star Wars films. Like when I was younger, yeah. watching those and that sparking that interest in me. Uh, And then, you know, for Lord of the Rings, just how well-crafted and faithful, you know, to a large degree, as large as it can in the cinematic universe, uh, to -hmm. the source content the Lord of the Rings movies were. Uh, I mean, they left some stuff out because, you know, the movies couldn't be 95 hours long. But um, I felt like they... Watch the extended edition. Yeah. (laughs) The extended edition for Return of the King is like four and a half hours, and it's brilliant. Yeah, Uh, and... I, that's my favorite way to watch those movies, is the extended editions. That's yes, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely feel like Star Wars and Lord of the Rings sparked that interest in me um, for sci fi and fantasy. And that's like a, a lifelong love for me that I feel like I'll never peter out on either of those genres. So I have a lot, mm-hmm. uh, you know, those are like really generic answers. But, you know, I don't just like them because they're pop culture hits, I like them because they were some of my first really big exposures to those genres and have sparked, Mm -hmm. you know, an interest in me. Um, I feel like when it comes to the sci-fi and fantasy stuff, that kind of impacts
0: your like favorite shows and your favorite books and comics. Yeah. It spans mediums too. And I mean, those are very broad genres, but when it comes to it's it's like high fantasy and
1: like more light sci-fi. Sure. Right. Yes. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, Absolutely um and you know austin powers
0: (laughs) i know it's such a random but that that's like more uh like nostalgic for
1: us yeah that has a a sentimental tinge to it because you know you dad and i would always get together and watch those movies um you know on during holidays and stuff like that and so that was like a cool guy bonding time for us for sure Uh, and so that's why i I think of those movies often in my brain, like yeah. more often than I probably should. And the first one is good. Like it holds up
0: pretty well. It's very funny. Yeah. The second and third ones are not amazing. Goldmember has its charm. The second one's definitely less successful, but like they're, they're funny movies. Like that was back when Mike Myers was at his peak, man. Yeah. Those were like they're, they're funny. They're funny. Yeah. So what about you? Um, I mean some of the same stuff. I obviously like love star Wars. It's like, Probably my favorite thing on the planet, like of anything. I love Star Wars so fucking much and just everything about it. Like I want to watch all the movies and watch all the animated shows, read all the books, all the comics, anything I can consume that is Star Wars, I will consume. Um, When it comes to the best movie of that series, it's Empire Strikes Back, hands down, which is not only the greatest Star Wars movie, but it is the best movie ever made. (sighs) Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. I mean I went there. Empire's real good, all right? And it's a, it is a close second for me, but my favorite is episode 6. See, and I don't get that. Like they're all three of them are phenomenal. All
0: three of them are miles better than the prequels and even still all three of them are a lot better than Force Awakens or Rogue One. But episode 6 to me
1: is easily the worst of the first 3. So, all right, so I've given this a lot of thought because we've had this discussion multiple times. <laughs> um, because, uh, you know, Empire is, like, the perfect storm in terms of movie formula, right? It's the dark middle chapter? Yes. Um, but episode six is just... Right, my, my big reason is scout troopers are fucking awesome. Like, they are so cool. And yes, they are. But, like,
0: that's why. That's the reason. All
1: right, so. Scout Troopers. I've thought about it. That was the tiebreaker. And I think this plays into it. So, it's also got, you know, that really big space battle, ground battle happening at the same time. Totally. And I know people don't like the Ewoks. I fucking love the Ewoks. I think they're great. hate the Ewoks. Um, hate the Ewoks. But in, oh, God, what was it? It was the, the GameCube Star Wars game, Rogue Squadron 3. I think it was, um, there is a level where you're on a speeder bike going through Endor, the forest, right. and you can play it in first person, and so you've got like Luke's hands in front of you, one with a black glove and the other ungloved on the, uh, the speeder bike, and you're going through, and yeah. it's first person. I used to grab a pile of pillows, straddle them, put a fan in front of my face, put on a cape <laughs> and my Boba Fett helmet. And play that level, like, over and over and over again, <laughs> as fast as I possibly could, like, full throttle the entire time. And yeah. um, I I think that's probably a large part of it, of <laughs> why it, I really love It is a great movie. Like, six. and now, I mean, not only
0: talking about it makes me want to watch them, but, like, thinking of all the set pieces in Return of the Jedi, that movie is great. Like, the opening Tatooine sequence right. is is awesome like yes everything all the Endor stuff is great the you know the space battle stuff is great but just like I mean Hoth man like that's my mic drop that's true like that's the best sequence in any of those movies it's so awesome and like oh yeah okay Star Wars that that's like a whole that's a whole other episode (laughs) just walking through like that that would be a fun episode to do let's talk about every single Star Wars thing that has ever come out ever (laughs) that episode would never stop Uh, And I would love it. it. Um, But kind of beyond the Star Wars stuff, and I agree with you on Lord of the Rings as well. uh, Love those movies. Um, I've always been a big Disney movie fan. Yeah. And there are a lot of different Disney movies that I really like. I feel like the one in recent memory that doesn't get as much props as it probably should is Emperor's New Groove. Oh, yeah. I know you love that movie, too. That movie, it's just like... And a part of it's because it's 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 still the classic animated style, but it's with more modern sensibilities because it's more recent. Just the humor of it is it seems feels more fresh than a lot of the humor in like the old quote unquote classic Disney movies. Yeah,
1: well, it it feels like an expansion on that humor from the old movie. Like uh-huh. like Aladdin has a lot of those same little quippy moments like that. Yeah, but it's and a lot eg- great. Yeah, oh, totally. It, but it's executed to a higher. Degree and frequency in *Emperor's New Groove*, like to 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 the point that it, it maintains almost like a frenetic pace of hilarity throughout the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, like there is <laughs> constantly something for you to be smiling or chuckling at that entire movie.
0: And all the performances are so good. Like yeah. David Spade is amazing. John Goodman is amazing. Freaking Patrick Warburton is beyond amazing. <laughs> Kronk, oh my god, that scene when he's like getting rid of the body and he has his own theme song. <laughs> <ongoing>. It's <laughs> so good. It's so good. Yeah. Like that's, that's, we, we talk about like rewatching and replaying things, which I do a lot less than you. That's one of those movies that I could just watch on repeat yeah. and find funny and never get sick of it. Um, the only other movie that, that comes to my head when it comes to like favorite movies which is more of like the dramatic side would be gladiator. Mm. And like, I don't know why it is that I love that movie so much. Cause you know, I think Russell Crowe's a good actor. I don't think he's an amazing actor in a lot of the stuff that he's done, but his performance in that movie is really, really like multi-leveled and really engrossing in the arc that that character goes on. But it's also about, you know, Walking Phoenix is so sinister in that movie and watching that like after game of Thrones has happened and people clung on to uh the character of joffrey so much i feel like joaquin phoenix and gladiator is like what joffrey would have been grown up oh totally which is a realization i literally just now came to and <laughs> You're i'm like right. oh my god that is 100 like what
1: it is oh. but that
0: movie that movie's just really good i just really i i don't know i don't know what it is specifically about that movie that makes it stand out from other really good kind of uh, like historical war dramas like you know I really love Braveheart I really love Saving Private Ryan those are phenomenal movies but something about Gladiator makes it kind of above and I'm not sure why but yeah and just like the image one of my faves
1: yeah the image of Russell Crowe walking through the field of wheat like his hand trailing the top of the wheat that pops into my head pretty often actually because I I just something about those shots and that image is really powerful um yeah, yeah and like you know, it, I always love seeing actors from that movie pop up in other movies too. So like, oh, it's the guy from Gladiator, uh, and like <laughs> right. that's like a really weird thing to say because no one ever talks about <laughs> Gladiator. So people always look. I at know. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe
0: that's part of why I like it so much is people don't talk about Gladiator as much as they should. Yeah,
1: so you get to appreciate it quietly.
0: Right. So obviously sci-fi fantasy is something you really like and I like too. So what about your favorite shows? I know a lot of those, a lot of your favorites there are like sci-fi fantasy shows as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, I also really love pirates. Um, My girlfriend and I, like we go to, we have a renaissance festival here in Ohio and we go there every year and we've been compiling parts for pirate costumes. In this past year, Mm -hmm. I got my captain's coat uh, and it was absurdly expensive um but I look pretty dope in that pirate coat but um yeah it's, I love pirates I it's Assassin's Creed Black Flag um mm-hmm. that's the last Assassin's Creed I've played because I was like can't top this it's got fucking pirates um right for sure so there's a show on stars called Black Sails and it just concluded and the ending of it is totally a lead up to uh Treasure Island and I know the creators oh, cool. the creators have talked about Treasure Island is a story that's already been told, so from the beginning, their plan was to create a show that leads up to the book, and then you could read the book. Um, And then, so if they were to ever do anything else with the series, it would follow um, a couple of the other kind of side characters that they invented. Uh, So it's just How, how many how many seasons was that? Four, five.
0: Okay, that's pretty um, easily watchable. Part of yeah, it for me, four like, or five. there are so many great shows out there that I haven't seen. And if you tell me something's like, oh yeah, it's eight seasons, I'm never watching that <laughs> shit. Like yeah. I know I know, uh, the West Wing is considered one of the greatest shows of all time. It's like It was like nine seasons. I am never going to watch that show. Yeah, But something like Black Sales that's more recent that I feel like is more condensable. Like I definitely want to give that show a try. Yeah,
1: and just like you, there are so many ups and downs with the characters in terms of like, do I really like this guy? Like, I, I feel like I feel like I do, but fuck, he did this or he said this, and oh, that makes me all. Oh, but I kind of like he's a badass. So, ugh. but yeah, yeah. It, it's got that total. It's a Game of Thrones formula through and through. Um, where, but like with much less frequent death, I will <laughs> I'll say right. that because they actually give you time to get attached to the characters before they do some. Um, sinister shit with them um you know and more in the sci-fi vein of things stargate sg1 is probably one of my favorite sci-fi shows of all time um also farscape just two like really campy um fun americanized formula of uh Mm -hmm. sci-fi shows i know like there are a couple seasons of doctor who that i like but that's not quite my sense of humor it's like not quite there it's a british show and just me as a person it doesn't quite line up all the time so that's why there are only a couple of seasons that i really like and you know that's got a lot of heart and camp to it too but i really like stargate and farscape i think those have a slightly more american formula to the humor at least um a lot of those like sci-fi shows i don't know why but uh, like i always have a hard time kind
0: of getting into them and maybe it's the more campy attitude that they take that i don't connect with as much but the only like sci-fi show i can think of that i really liked was firefly and that was more oh, of a
1: western that's... than it was God, sci-fi i didn't even show. think of firefly yeah firefly was great um yeah. a lot of the times though like those sci-fi shows they're like a one or two season run um a mm-hmm. lot of the times and something that can be difficult and it's something i'm running into as well with because i watch a lot of anime now <sighs> don't Gross. say anything um and something I'm running into with that is I've seen because those are real short too. I've seen so mm-hmm. many of them, um, and this is analogous to the sci-fi shows that I mix, you know, elements of stories and confuse them with others. And like there are mechanics to the world and the sci-fi universes of the shows I watch that blend in in some ways, but don't match in others, and so it can get confusing. Right. Like I've just seen so many that they blend into each other, but they don't match. Right. And so that can get a little weird, um, especially with the sci fi shows, because like they're, you know, different alien races or like these different coalitions you're supposed to remember all this information on. And I watch them in like large chunks in like one or two sittings uh, and it just, you know, it all kind of blends together. Like I don't watch them as they come out. Right. I'm doing Mm -hmm. them in hunks and so that kind of that can have a negative effect on my ability to parse the information from other shows um yeah but yeah other shows i like seinfeld greatest comedy of all time um easily south park one of my favorite animated shows Uh, again i think that has a similar metal gear solid uh spark in me in that like i wasn't really supposed to be watching it when i started watching it (laughs) and so it was like the forbidden fruit kind of thing and then it just really got a got its hooks into me and i think south park's been solid all the way down the line and i can't think of any other shows like that it's definitely
0: been less consistent in recent years but every season there are at least two or three really
1: standout episodes right like episodes that like people still talk about um yeah for sure yeah so what about you
0: um i mean kind of you brought up a little earlier and i know you don't enjoy it as much but Game of Thrones is one of the best shows on TV right now. Uh, it, I do want to go into y- your and my feelings on Game of Thrones at a later date for a <laughs> much bigger conversation but that show is just so so good. I read the books as well um, I, I was... A casual reader, um, I haven't read them for like years and years. I watched the first season of the show first, and then started reading the books, which I know like makes people not respect me for Game of Thrones, but I don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> the books are just so so good. I don't know Kyle why you haven't read them. I think you would really dig them. Mm-hmm. But the show is also really good. Um, probably my favorite show on TV right now is House of Cards, which is like a weird one. I feel like people don't talk about that show as much as when it first launched yeah and i think the first two seasons of it were the best seasons and honestly i would have been satisfied had they ended after season two because it kind of leads up to uh frank you know becoming the president and that's how season two ends and to me like that was his whole goal for for the show was to become president right and i that would have felt satisfying and the rest of it has been like you know, oh, he's getting in trouble for this. These past crimes are coming back, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to be vague because I know you haven't seen it, so it doesn't mean anything to you. But, like, it's still really, really good. And just the acting from Kevin Spacey and Robin Wright is just so amazing. Like, all the levels to their conversations with one another and the manipulations that they have. It's just like, it's one of those shows where every little thing that happens, you know is going to matter and likely in a way that you didn't anticipate. Yeah. And I always respect shows that can surprise me because those are fairly rare having been in the entertainment industry for a long time and kind of the way I think about things very analytically, it's really hard for me to be surprised by, like, a twist. And it's a blessing and a curse because it's fun because it makes me feel smart when I saw something coming. But it's also a negative because I'm very rarely surprised with those kinds of things. And House of Cards is a show that consistently surprises me. Yeah, and I guess um, I, just, I never com-
1: knew Kevin Spacey was that talented until I watched House of Cards.
0: Oh, man. Like, yeah. I And, and yes, like, that... That has been his modern—I don't want to say breakout role because the dude's been around for decades—but yeah. like that's what catapulted him into like the A-list television tier. Being but I mean, in Call like, of Duty, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. The pinnacle, the ultimate pinnacle of his career. <laughs> but I mean, that dude—that dude's been fucking amazing for years and years. Um, but uh, when it comes to like the comedic side of things, totally agree with you on Seinfeld. It's my favorite live-action sitcom. I'm a big Simpsons fan grew up watching that show seasons like three through nine are kind of the cream of the crop, but I'll watch anything like through season 15 and even nowadays like I don't really watch it anymore, but I've seen random episodes and like it's still a good show. It's not what it used to be, but I still respect it and for a show to go that long and maintain its relevancy similar to South Park is very respectable. Yeah, yeah. It's tough because so many shows that I love are like with caveats because I look at a show like The Office, which I consider to be one of my favorite shows. But like after season seven, it's basically unwatchable. And even like in seasons five, six and seven, there are a lot of episodes that I don't enjoy. A lot of storylines I don't enjoy. So when I say like, oh, The Office is one of my favorite shows, it's, oh, the first four seasons of The Office is one of my favorite shows. Similar thing with Scrubs. Like after season five, it took a nosedive. So like the first five seasons of Scrubs is one of my favorite shows, and I don't like like I don't want to have to qualify my favorite thing like that, which yeah. is one of the reasons why I love Seinfeld so much. Is it maintained that high bar from the beginning to the end, and they went out on a high note. Obviously, the finale was disappointing, but like when it comes to the season as a whole, season nine was just as good, if not better, than season one, season oh, yeah. two. So that I, I really like. Um, one other show that like just came now to me that is more of an under the radar show is Venture Brothers. Oh, yeah. That show is so delightfully twisted and weird and another Patrick Warburton joint. Right. Like, I love that show so much and it actually reminds me, I haven't seen whenever the most recent season was. That show's been in a really weird development where, like, they'll go a year or two between seasons, which really sucks. But uh, I need to catch up on that show and re-watch it because that show's so... It's so weird and amazing. If you haven't seen Venture Brothers, it's an animated show. It's funny. But uh, it primarily follows... It's like a twist on... Old like '70s animated shows and '80s animated shows, like uh, like Johnny Quest kinds yes, of things. Very Johnny um, Quest, where it's like, yeah, it's like uh, uh, a, a kid detective spy grows up. And so his kids are trying to follow in his footsteps. He's like this scientist, but he's failed scientist. He has a super villain that hates him called the Monarch, which is one of my favorite villains in all of <laughs> television. So if you haven't seen Venture Brothers, you need to check it out. It's, it's really fantastic. So to wrap up our favorites segment, now that we're like an hour into this thing. What about your favorite like books and comics? Like, real quickly, we've talked a little bit about some of them as they relate to, like, books or uh, shows and, and movies, but w- what you got?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, books, like, I mean, I've read a ton of Star Wars books, uh, you know, I'm not going to negate those, but I've already talked about my love for Star Wars, so. Um, yeah. I, I probably read more fantasy than ever than anything else, um, and so, really, anything by Brandon Sanderson, like, he wrote Stormlight Archives, uh, Mistborn, uh, a, a bunch of other series and stuff, he's just an amazing writer in terms of his ability to, um, manage large scope. Um, like he's, he does really good, like, uh, great political intrigue. And, um, like he, he really leads you on his path with him and, and, uh, shows you like, like these fascinating stories with, uh, large, you know, world scope. And in terms of like big things happening that affect all mm-hmm. the people in the universe uh in in that universe and that kind of thing um then also patrick rothfuss who uh wrote king killer chronicles which is apparently getting i think a video game or a tv show or something i wouldn't be surprised if it was getting a tv show i feel like fucking every book series is
0: getting a tv show now. yeah
1: but um i mean he just has this way about like the way he tells his story is really interesting for king killer chronicles like there's a present day um and then Everything else is told by a character from the present uh, about his past, Um, and uh, he has this way of writing about music that is really interesting. Like there are lyrics in there, but he he more writes about music and how it emotionally uh, evokes, or how how it evokes emotions from the characters listening to the music. It's really it's a really interesting way that he does it. Um, I've never read anything like that before. And I think it's very unique and kind of a hallmark of his style. because um, music has a big thing to do with um with the King Killer Chronicles books. Also, when I was younger, going through high school, I read Aragon. Um that was a really mm-hmm. my first really big foray into fantasy, apart from all the like five million redwall books I read. Um, <laughs> Harry Potter. Love Harry Potter who freaking doesn't one of my favorites. I've rereading
0: that series now for like the twentieth time. Yeah. I love Harry Potter so much. It's like it's like it feels like Wrapping yourself in a warm blanket, like there's an element of nostalgia to it, but it just like it's one of the it just feels like home, and I I love that series.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I used to you know beg mom to take me to the Barnes and Noble to go pick up the new Harry Potter book, and I'd finish it that night. Um, Yeah. uh, When I was younger, you know, Garfield, Calvin and Hobbes kind of kickstarted my comic, uh, my love of comics, and then you know from there I Mm -hmm. went on to Spider Man comics, then Ultimate Spider Man, Ultimate X Men. Those are a couple of my favorite superhero series. And then Image Comics has been doing some really great shit lately. I know. Uh, like, Descender is an ongoing sci-fi one that's really good. Low is another ongoing, very good. Uh, the Walking Dead's probably one of my favorite comic series of all time. I enjoy it more than the show. Um, Saga, again, one of the best comics ongoing. Yeah. And Chew, it's just wrapped up. I really, really had a good time with, so... That one, Chew, I read back in the day, like when I, cause I
0: got into comics in college, probably six or seven years ago. A friend of mine was a huge comic book person, and I hadn't really ever been into it, and uh, but I like I liked superheroes and stuff, and so it kind of felt like a natural marriage. And he was a big DC and Marvel person, and so like this, I think it was the summer between my freshman and sophomore year of college, I borrowed like every comic book he owns, <laughs> and it was like literally thousands of issues, and I read through. Everything that summer and it was so much fun and really like dive dove dived, dive dove me into a love of comics that like I don't read um as much as I used to because kind of once I got out into the real world and realized hey I have bills to pay I could no longer spend literally $50 a week on comic yeah, books crazy but that, that's one of the reasons why I like image so much is that stuff's so standalone and they let the creators kind of own what they want. And like, there aren't these crossovers where you have to buy six books in a week in order to know what the fuck's going on. And they make it really easy to try new stuff. Cause like their, their first trades for things are 10 bucks, like to get 10, you know, $10 for a six issue trade. Like that's, You can't really ask for much better than that. It makes it really easy to experiment and try new things. Because, like, I totally agree, Saga's really amazing. Um, I borrowed East of West from you that I've been really enjoying. Um, I really love Sex Criminals. It has this great sense of humor and, like, darkness to it and this great sense of mystique. Um, The Wicked and the Divine is really, really good. I love the art in that. Uh, But when it comes to, like, the core superhero stuff that I don't read a ton of anymore, but that I, like... If I had more money and more time and more will to catch up, um, my favorites are uh, like Spider-Man comics, Batman, uh, Green Arrows, one of my favorite superheroes, Green Lantern. But the actual um, story arcs that I really loved, J. Michael Straczynski's run on Spider-Man is my favorite Spider-Man run. Uh, Scott Snyder's run on Batman is my favorite Batman run. I'll read basically anything that Jeff Johns writes. He doesn't <laughs> write a ton of stuff anymore. But back when I was first getting into comics, he was like the big writer for a Green Lantern. And that's one of the things that made me like that character. And he went on to reboot Justice Society and then Aquaman. And he's kind of taken a, a swing at a lot of the underappreciated characters in DC and made me really like them and be interested in them. That's cool. Which is one of the reasons I, yeah, I really like him as a writer. And he's been more involved now in their um, their movie Production aspect, which I think is great because their movies have been mostly garbage. Oh yeah, and he's taking a more active role in the storytelling and the kind of the larger scope, which I think can only benefit those movies. So I'm excited to see that happen once Zack Snyder has less power over those movies. Yeah, but DC movies—that's a topic for another
1: time. Those
0: (laughs) yikes. So yes, I mean that's kind of like a, a big picture wrap up of all of our favorite things when it comes to the topics we'll be talking about on the podcast because i mean we could talk about our favorite kind of wood but that's not necessarily super topical to the shades <laughs> everything
1: podcast yeah i don't even
0: know what like what would your favorite wood be like when i th- i don't know a bunch of woods but it'd probably be like cherry wood it's probably more about like the finishes i think i'm thinking of like wood in my cabinets in my apartment are cherry wood, and I really like those. Um, I don't even know like what a bunch of woods... I like redwood trees. Yeah? I don't know what those the redwood cool. is. They're, they're big? Yeah. So there's your wood... Wood of the minute. week. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, we have our final segment for the episode, uh, which is... I'm very excited to uh, continue, which is Shay's Hate of the Week. Hate of So the point of this is basically just a topic that is pissing me off lately or, you know, pissing Kyle off lately. It'll probably more often be from me than it will from him because <laughs> it is called Shay hates everything after all. Um, but I just it's it's whatever's grinding my gears. Ugh. currently. I know you hate say that. Stupid. (laughs) I I like it because it feels like something an old man would say, and I like that. Yeah. Um, Get off my lawn! You're grinding my gears. (laughs) Grinding my gears. But for today, Shay's hate of the week is entitled "Gamers." So this is a bit of a broad-reaching thing, but it was kind of uh, I kind of got the impetus from it from after E3 happened. Going on Facebook and seeing a lot of people commenting on, you know, oh, here's this new trailer for the new Spider-Man game or, oh, hey, Nintendo announced Metroid Prime 4, like that kind of stuff. And there was one where they were showing gameplay of Uncharted The Lost Legacy, the new, I guess it's a standalone game, but it's sort of DLC for Uncharted 4, but with, you know, Chloe and Nadine, which... I'm excited to play. I love the Uncharted series. I certainly get the mentality of like, eh, probably time to give this series a little bit of a rest and kind of reboot it. Also, Uncharted 4 just came out last year. Might need a bit of a break. I definitely get that mentality. But someone commented on there like, oh, this is so fucking stupid. Why are they making this game? It's a waste of their resources. They should be focusing on The Last of Us 2. Like, I don't want them to make more Uncharted. Uncharted 4 was totally pointless. Like, they're they uh, Naughty Dog is making a mistake by making this. And I guess for me it was like uh, if that's your opinion that's okay but speaking in this like broad brush mentality of I'm ignoring the fact that other people like this thing. It is stupid and should not exist simply because I don't like it is absolutely ridiculous. And someone responded to them. as like, what are you talking about? Uncharted 4 was pointless and bad. Like that game was amazing. Even though, yes, like you could hear an argument that they probably should have let it go after 3. The story in that game was great. The gameplay additions they made were great. Like why would you hate on Uncharted 4? And he was like, well, I didn't play it. It just seemed pointless. And it's like... For real? You didn't even play the fucking game and you're gonna talk about that it was pointless and shouldn't exist? Not to mention the fact that, like, oh, you're mad that Naughty Dog is working on a new Uncharted because it's taking resources away from Last of Us 2. Like they have multiple teams at that studio working on different games. It's not like it's 10 dudes in a basement that can only work on one thing at a time. Like, they're also working on new IP as well. Like, just because they're working on this thing that you're not interested in doesn't mean that they aren't also working on stuff you might be interested in. It's just, like, I guess the the broad stroke of it is this entitlement, this feeling that because I don't care about it means it has no value. And I just think that's shitty. Like that's that's a selfish way of looking at things.
1: Yeah, that's uh, what I like to call being a bad human.
0: Uh, <laughs> like
1: like zero um, empathy or sympathy or thought outside yeah. yourself. Just like like you said, broad stroke. If it's not for me, no one can have it. Like no one right. should have it. Kind of a kind of a mentality. That's one um, yes. hundred and twenty percent wrong. Yes. If you listen to this podcast, you'll notice every time I mention a percentage, it's over 100. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's that's something I've become aware of and I'm trying (laughs) to fix. Uh, But just like – so when when I'm online, I'm a very – I'm a benefit of the doubt kind of person. Because I know sometimes the heat of the moment, you hit send, and you don't really think it through. And the majority of the time when we're typing things online or reading people's comments – it's difficult to get the context of their situation and what they're actually trying to convey. Um, another really big problem is people don't try to convey what they mean anymore. They just yeah. They just send. Yes. like That's all they yes. do now, and that's super frustrating. And I think, in part, Twitter has contributed to this, but I also don't think it's Twitter's fault. I think it's us as humans being shitty humans like It's just in our nature. Well, I guess actually he's being a good human then if it's in our nature, but, uh, <laughs> just to like be selfish and shitty and just want to lash out at things. Right. Well, it's like the anonymity of the internet yeah. too. Like they're in
0: it, which is weird on Facebook because it does show your name, but it's still that mentality that like no one knows who I, like I'm not face to face with someone so I can just be a bad
1: person and there are no consequences. Right. Yeah, and that like that. I I I. Mm, I don't want to say I get that mentality because I I don't, but I do.
0: Like I mean, I can understand it. Like analytically, I can understand yes. why. That doesn't make it right. Yeah, it I, I make cannot it okay.
1: connect to that. Yeah, on yes. a personal you level, you can't
0: like you can't justify that kind of mentality. And it's also like, it comes from a place of ignorance too, a lot of times. Totally. Because like this person, like bitching about Uncharted 4, even though they didn't play it, like they complained like, oh, and this even goes back to the Nathan Drake collection. Why'd they put that out when they could have been working on a new game? And I'm like... Fucking Naughty Dog didn't make that collection, you moron. Like, if you're going to bitch about... Like, that's my thing. If you're going to bitch about something, be educated on it. Have justification for your opinion. Because I certainly don't want to be a hypocrite. I know I can be a negative person. Complaining about things can tend to be fun. I like to think I do it in a fun, jovial way. And on this podcast, I will certainly make fun of things and degrade things for the sake of fun for conversation. And I can see how someone might say, like, oh, well, what you're doing is the same as what they are doing. The difference, I think, is, like, I'm not trying to make someone feel bad for liking a thing. I might make fun of you for liking Metal Gear Solid, for instance, like, in a joking way to pick at you. But I'm not going to actually say, like, your opinion on this has no value. The thing you like has no value. And therefore, you have no value. Like, that's so like mean hearted. And I certainly don't think that's the kind of person that I am. And it's just like, it's, it's entitlement and ignorance and like what you're getting at of like this human nature of not being responsible for your actions, not explaining your point of view and perspective. And also just like expecting because I have this opinion on it, it matters. Like my opinion matters more than anyone else's, simply because I think
1: it does. Sure. And I, 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 there's also a degree of, um, I don't know. It's hmm, like like self-imposed ignorance, almost. Like yeah. like th- this. Like like you're saying, the guy he knows he didn't play Uncharted Four. He he knows what he doesn't know, but he's still gonna yes. make a statement yes. based on knowledge that he doesn't fucking know. Yes, ah. it's willful
0: ignorance because the Naughty Dog collection. Like, I can forgive not knowing that Blue Point Studios worked on that and it wasn't Naughty Dog, sure. Because it, that, like, maybe he doesn't know yeah, that it, it's but easy yes, to, to look at a brand admit.
1: and associate it with a small group yes, of people sure. because that's just easier in your brain, right? It, it's but to yeah. know that you didn't play Uncharted 4
0: and then say it's bad, like, where, why, how. How can you say that? Like, it doesn't make sense. Right. I would never give an opinion on something that I know nothing about. Like, that's something that I feel very confident in. Yeah. Like I I could say, you know,
1: I heard from these sources that it was not good for these reasons, but I would never be like, this is bad. Why? Right. I don't know. I didn't play it, but it sucks. Like that. And I would always qualify
0: it. Like, hey, you know, I haven't played a lot of Metal Gear Solid. I've played parts of the first two games, parts of the third game. I've seen a lot of the fourth game played. I've seen a lot of videos of the fifth game played. I can speak to the aspects that I don't like or that I think are of not, not like not of a low quality, but like that didn't connect with me. But I'm not going to say like everything about Metal Gear Solid 3 is the worst because I didn't fucking play it. It's just like, shut the hell up. That's my point. (laughs) Yeah. If you aren't, if you aren't me, shut the hell up. Like if I don't ask your opinion, shut the hell up. (laughs) Uh,
1: So that's
0: that's the Shay hits everything podcast. That's a wrap. Like I felt like this was a good topic to start with about this like negativity like this foundless negativity because that's like the point of this podcast is i mean it's not only to talk about the negatives of things we talk about good things too but that's kind of the the brand the concept behind shay Hates everything is to bitch about things in a fun way um so i figured why not start with a hate of the week that can easily be turned back in my face and make me look bad i I think the difference is
1: most of the things you and I are going to um, hate on in the podcast are there. Um, their hates based on there's sub hates based on substance, right? There's some, there's a course, Something personal. That, yes. They're personal hates. Yes. They're like,
0: I don't like this because this, it's not like this thing is objectively bad. You should feel bad for liking it. Yeah.
1: It's not the, this sucks podcast. It's the Shay hates everything podcast yes. like, it is very it's, yes it, thank you for the help and branding <laughs> you're welcome oh uh, chase you go an email <laughs> at you know all right hey, hey with that that makes five that's a nice round number well, that doesn't count. You you gave that plug. Oh, fine. You can't count that against me. All right. Well, you're only at four then. I feel like you haven't been doing a good job. <laughs> I know.
0: This is, a, this is a pretty good first episode. I didn't plug my website that much. <laughs> but I'm going to, again, because now we're at the end. Right. So thank you, everybody, for listening to the pilot episode of the Shea Hates Everything podcast. Um, we obviously don't have any emails today because it's our first episode. But feel free to send any questions, concerns, thoughts, opinions uh, to info at com. Also, feel free to visit com for like video game reviews and my opinions on shit in case you're not getting enough of it like on this podcast for the last. <laughs> hour and 15 minutes so uh thank you everybody for listening kyle thank you for joining me and we will be back with another episode in the next episode we will be talking about more of what we're currently playing and watching and reading and also uh we're going to take a look back at e3 since we never got the opportunity to do that and talk about some of the big e3 games and uh what we think and feel and why all video games are terrible and uh the industry is dying so thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you in the next one peace